got a white boy on my roster. He be feeding me pasta and lobster. He hit me up on Tuesday and he said, what are you doing, babe? I want to take you shopping. I said, damn, I'm busy. He said, damn, but I'm in your city. He said, that's okay. I hope you have a good day. I'm going to send you at 50. And I said, you treat me so well. He said, cash up for Zelle. Matter of fact, I'm going to send you a stack because they're fine as hell. Get your butt out of my face is probably what I said. You're disgusting. You have a turd on your butt. <laughs> it's yeah. like the tiniest. You to wipe your, it's a little dingleberry. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little you got dingleberry. A dingleberry on your butt. You disgusting. Oh, dingleberry. Nasty. You nasty. You nasty. Uh, what's up, guys? This is our podcast. I feel like it's echoey right now. It's gonna be. Duh. It's not echoey. Just talk straight into your mic. I'm in a glass case of, of emotion. Oh, no. What's wrong? It's from Anchorman. Oh. I was just saying, because the echoing. Poor Brie. R.I.P. Brie. Rip. Uh, yeah, this is our show. What's with the neighbors? Almost not neighbors anymore. Shut up. Amy's leaving me. Cruel and unusual pain. Also, if you don't know what's going on, go listen to the last episode. Is it the last uh, the last episode before last? I don't know. Amy's episode. moving. There's no updates. Bree's like, hey, let's think about how we can torture Amy more. Let's talk about <laughs> her moving as much as possible. <laughs> Let's bring on the torture. Constantly. Let's bring on the guilt. I have two things to tell you, actually. Okay. Bring them on. These, I wrote them down because I was like, I'm going to forget. And this one, uh, this one happened a couple weeks ago. Remember when I was like, I have something to tell you. And then I kept forgetting. (laughs) You finally remembered. And you're like, I need to write this down. Well, someone reminded me at work. Okay. And this is, this is. She announced it to the entire room. By the way, this is Kirsty at work. So she's like announcing this to the entire office like area that we're in. She's Did you like, have diarrhea? No. <laughs> but she was like, you guys remember when Amy used her Kool-Aid man voice and Dominic came running down the hall <laughs> because he thought a man was in the office <laughs> like attacking us? I I thought you were going to say that Dominic came down the hall because he was playing the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to smash through a wall. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is that what you did? You said, oh, yeah. Um, Similar. I forgot what she gave. She gave me something (laughs) and I was so excited about it. I was like, (laughs) or something like that. It just comes out sometimes. Um, You say that. And I was at gymnastics yesterday whatever wednesday uh-huh. and uh uh they've got like this plexiglass there right and so i have to watch natalie while charlotte's doing her two hours worth of gymnastics right. which is super fun with a three-year-old yeah. by the way yeah um so natalie's watching her and i'm watching charlotte too finally get to actually you know pay attention yeah. for once and i look over and natalie's like oh licking gosh. the glass like in a circle and everything, like all into it, and no. I'm like, <laughs> immediately, instinctly, I'm like, no, I get off of it. One of the moms like jerks her head at me. <laughs> 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 That's like this disgusted, like, <laughs> what the? 
<laughs> just came out of you. Sorry. Sorry, Candy. Uh, <laughs> I was like, sorry, the demon in me comes out. <laughs> and she then she like nodded. She was like, oh, yeah, I get that. And then she started laughing. Everybody has a little Every mom has a little demon in them. We all do. <laughs> I was just so excited. I forgot what she gave me. It was something that I've been wanting for work. It was something super easy, too, though. Yeah, so that was so but yes so what happened was she gave me something and i was like oh yeah (laughs) and dominic one of our attorneys like came running down because he and he was like what was that like he was like asking and i was like that was kirstie (laughs) and and he kirstie looked at him she's like do you really think that came out of my voice or out of my mouth (laughs) she was like that was that was definitely amy oh yeah (laughs) who who do i need to get (laughs) Who's in here? I just like stand up and start kooling him, like, <laughs> <laughs> like attacking, jumping through walls. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> um. That's so awesome. the other thing that I, I wanted... would like to be, I would be proud to be known for that. Thank you. You should. Be. I yeah. I own it. Thank you, Kirsty. Thank you, Kirsty. Um. Another thing is, uh, apparently, I'm banned from Twitter. What? Yeah. <laughs> for what? I don't know. <laughs> So I went onto Twitter uh, a couple of nights ago. You were just bragging about your Twitter, too. I know what. You said you're so funny. I know. I'm hilarious. <laughs> it's actually Alice, Alice's quote, so it would be <laughs> Alice's funny. But uh, so I went onto Twitter. I forgot why. I think I wanted to look at neighborhood stories or some, look for neighborhood stories. But I went on Twitter and like I logged in and they're like, your account has been suspended. And I was like, for what? And they won't tell me why. I can't post anything. I can't view anything. And so I appealed it. And they're like, hmm, but why? What? Like, why do you think we should give your Twitter back? And I was like, because I don't know. I didn't do anything. It says I violated their policy. Well, I haven't posted since November of last year. Is and that it, why? What I posted was a Lizzo song. <laughs> like, I was like, thank you, Lizzo, for helping me get through my, like, cleaning or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Twitter. Come on now. Wait, what? Elon Musk. Yeah. Come on, Musk. Can you elaborate this on why? This is the second episode that we've brought you up. I am literally. So basically, you're Get famous your shit now. together, dude. Yeah. He's famous now because <laughs> he's been mentioned on our podcast. We'll even <laughs> at you. Like, we'll hashtag you. Yeah. You know, give you a shout out. I will personally. Yeah. But <laughs> then our account's going to get banned <laughs> at Elon Musk. Why did you ban at amy westmoreland (laughs) one whatever you are what did i do Uh... all right elon musk if this gets out there fix your stuff and also i got banned on facebook that one time on our in our group which was super inconvenient because i had to make like two different extra profiles to get back into it but like (laughs) come on facebook all i did was post a meme that was already on Facebook. <laughs> it was about Jeffrey Dahmer, I, I think. I feel like Facebook is wor- <laughs> like the worst. I think it's just like robots that see it and they're like, oh, like an algorithm, al- like a, a, a system that they have like coding yeah, or something. Yeah, because like I don't see someone in our, if someone in our group flagged that, I don't think anyone you need from to get group. out of our group because it is a group about true crime and paranormal and um, I don't there's think shit in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't Get think so either. It. I think it was Facebook's algorithm or something like you yeah. said. But yeah. Um, sorry for that pause there. Anyway. Thank um, you for trying. Do you have a uh, I have so a question sorry for you. about that? It's okay. 
<laughs> they did you dirty, man. Yeah. I kind of feel cool, though. I've never like been badass. Banned. Yeah, I've never been banned from anything. Um, and I think it's yeah. even cooler that I don't know why. Like, they're like, whoa, ma'am, you are too cool. I would for like this Twitter. to know why. This platform is not cool enough for you. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. What is your biggest irrational fear? Irrational, like like ridiculous, yeah. like not nothing that you can control. Um, it's not like rational, like a fear of heights is kind of rational. It yeah, is irrational. No, yeah. Um, I don't know. What's yours? Don't make fun of me. Me example. Okay. My biggest irrational fear that I've had for years, ever since it happened when I was like in high school, is being a victim of a drive-by shooting. Okay. That's not irrational. I mean, it, the chances of it happening are very like slim, but like, I get it. I, I feel like I have a lot of them. Like to be literally honest. anytime any car, like I'm out on the road and a car passes me, I think they're going to shoot me. Sticks. Sticks? Sticks. Carrying sticks. I don't know. I don't know. That. Interesting. Because I got stabbed in the eye with one once. Oh. And I had to wear an eye patch for like almost a week. That makes sense. My mom's scared of dragonflies. Because a dragonfly flew into her eye and she had a. Yeah. Ow. Uh, um, I'm afraid to go, I'm afraid to sleep in the nude because I'm afraid that if someone breaks into my house, I think that's a lot of fear (laughs) for everyone, but like, I don't want to, because like, what if someone, or, or also like my children, like need me, Natalie wakes up with like sleep dreaming her crap well, or whatever the, the several last, like at least like three times three to four times a week and you don't the last thing you want to do when you're super groggy and don't want to wake up but you have to wake up for your kid is put on clothes yeah exactly or like if i like run into something and it like runs into the wrong area and it's like not like padded or like covered and like, Brie, ooh, that I feel would hurt. like you really need to get a layout <laughs> of your house if that's an issue <laughs> i don't want to run into this cactus that i have randomly just like the ghost put, put out. it out in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. You actually have a night cactus. I have a cactus that is exact height of where my hoo-ha is. So, like, if I'm naked, that shit's gonna hurt. <laughs> this podcast, this episode is going way <laughs> off bonkers. Way, way south, literally. <laughs> I, want, I want to il- reiterate that all fears are rational. Yes. Except for my drive-by shooting one. <laughs> That's rational, though. Like, it's okay. Like, and then also, like, with that person driving through your That's driveway. True. No, it's been, this has been a thing right. for yeah, years. Yeah, you said years since, like, high school. But, yeah, like, I would see that that would be freaky. That's why I checked in on you all week, because that made me nervous for sense. you. Yeah, and I was alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, log trucks. Yeah. Final destination. Final destination. Everyone in the world yeah. is afraid of log trucks. Yeah. And and tanning beds now. I'm not scared of tanning beds. I I, I got I, over that fear by tanning. I'm over the fear, but at the same time, like I promise it. you, I think about it every me single too. time too, I would too. go into a tanning yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just mention wow. everything from Final Destination. <laughs> okay, sorry. Tell me your neighborhood. Story. Wow. 
This well, episode's going to be long already. We're probably going to cut some of that out for we're gonna, Patreon. Yeah, dear God, cut a lot of it. You guys, uh, if you want to hear what we just talked about, uh, go head over to our Patreon. Cause yeah. it or was, to, to it YouTube. Was, or to YouTube, yeah. Yeah. Because it was great. It was it was a great conversation. <laughs> we but... got down a long rabbit hole. <laughs> we did. Very deep one. Very okay. wonderful conversation. Okay. So this popped up today on USA Today, and I thought it was super cool. Love and, it. Um, We'll find out later. So it's titled uh, Las Vegas Police Investigate Aliens in Backyard Report After Officer Spots Flying Object. No. Las Vegas Police Investi- Officers Investigated Reports of Two Unknown Entities two unknown entities falling from the sky on the same night in late April that a family reported something not human in their backyard. One officer drove to a home on the night of April 30th and interviewed the family who called 911 after making the sighting. According to the body camera footage obtained by USA Today, one of the family members told the officer they saw a big creature that was long and 10 feet tall. (laughs) The officer told the family he was looking into claims because another officer saw something in the sky that matched the family's description eight minutes earlier no and that's there's more to it but and that's all i'm going to say because it's a neighborhood story it's meant to be short but there's more there's can i've already seen another article about it like within the last like 10 minutes so um i saw it today and i thought it was really cool i really really you, like that ufo or aliens are real guys aliens are real um or maybe it wasn't an alien maybe it's something Man. else I don't know. Or Skinwalker. Or Skinwalker. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, go ahead. I am curious to see how that turns out. Also, as a police officer, like, how do you write up, like, a report about that? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And, but you're the dispatcher getting that call. Like, I think about, like, the dispatcher, like, I'm sorry, excuse me. You saw a what? You think it's a what? I'm sure in that area, it's nothing super unusual, though. That's true. Because one, it's Las Vegas where everybody's drunk all the time, probably. And two, it's Las Vegas where, like, it's like a hot spot for yeah. alien sightings. I just, I can't. Like, sir, yeah. this is 911. <laughs> this is not, you cannot prank us. Yeah. Like, um, I I don't know what to do. I'll send someone out to make sure you are right. sane. Okay. So, I am going to tell you a story about Amelia Dyer. Okay. Okay. I don't know who that is. Well, you're about to but find I'm out. so excited to find out about her. Wonderful. So, Amelia Elizabeth Hobley was born in 1837, but the exact date is still unknown. Okay. We don't this... know someone's birthday. Well, Sorry. I mean, it was 1837. Oh, okay. So, uh, she was born in a small village just east of Bistol called Pile Marsh in England. Ooh. Her so we're over the over the river across the pond. Oh, pond <laughs> over the river and through the woods. Now that's the grandma's house. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, we took a wrong turn here. Uh, her parents were Samuel Hobley and Sarah Wymouth. Samuel was born seventeen ninety seven, and Sarah was born eighteen oh six, and they got married on August twentieth, nineteen twenty two. So we know the date of their marriage, okay. but not her date of birth. Um. He was 25 at the time, and she was 16 at the time. So we're we're starting off great. All right. Wow. That's not that's not anything super abnormal, though. No, for that time, absolutely yeah. not. Uh, they had five children in total: two girls and three boys. 
Amelia was the youngest of the five. Samuel was a master shoemaker and was well known for his advanced skill even outside of their local area. So oh. he was like known. Um, for those times, Samuel, Sarah, and the children would have been considered pretty privileged. Um, in 1841, when Amelia was just four years old, her six-year-old sister Sarah Ann died. Um, and I can't tell you the reason why she died. She said you said she was 16 or six. When Amelia was six, or sorry, Amelia was four years old. Her sister was six. Oh, okay, and her sister died. Oh, so young. Yeah. Um. Then in eighteen forty. 1845, when Amelia was eight years old, her mother gave birth to another little girl, and they named her Sarah Ann after the oldest daughter. Isn't that the name of the bread? Sarah Lee. Sarah Lee. Yeah. Damn. Close. <laughs> um, after, so, but the baby died when it was just a few months old, and again, I don't know the reason why. Probably because okay. it was just, like, it, that it, time. Yeah. Amelia was a very intelligent child. She learned to read and write quickly, and she loved poetry and literature, as most children did. The Hobley children went to good schools, and they had a pretty good life, but that would not last long. Sarah, the mother, contracted typhus, which is a disease caused by infection with one or more specific bacteria, fleas, mites, body lice, or ticks, oh. can carry it, and which, like, terrifies me and they pass it to the host natural uh through a bite and the bite bite naturally starts to itch and okay. when it itches um it creates a break in the skin and allows the bacteria to get deeper into the skin and even clo and closer to the bloodstream so okay fun stuff kind of like lyme disease yeah. i guess the symptoms of typhus are severe headache chills and spreading of a rash very high fever confusion low blood low br blood pressure Severe muscle pain, light sensitive, light sensitivity in the eyes, along with the person to being seemingly out of touch of reality. Okay. I feel like this is one of those commercials. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, if you were exposed on the same, and do not do that. So Sarah suffered terribly with this and would go into these like violent rages oh. from um, when the infection was getting worse. The children, unfortunately, suffered the consequences of some of her fits because the dad was working. Um, but Amelia knew what she had to do, and she was caring for her mom, who ended up dying as a raving lunatic Aww. in 1848 when Amelia was just 11 years old. Raving lunatic, but she still made bread. Yeah. No, wrong person, Brie. Long, <laughs> wrong person. just want to believe it's Sarah Lee. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? So she was a raving lunatic, but she made great bread. Damn, her bread was good. Her buns were nice. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, her mother's death, she began to show signs of depression. And so what does a father got to do with her dep his depressed daughter? Oh, no. Send her off to the aunt's house. Oh, of course. Can't be dealing with Don't this. Don't deal with her. No. But, I mean, I think he might have had good intentions. Yeah. So, he did it because she would have a female... Presence. Uh, yeah, a female yeah. presence in her life. Um, and he felt that she needed that more than her three brothers and her dad. Um, but her aunt was good to her, and Amelia slowly began to feel better. During that time, nearly all women wore corsets. And 
Interested in the trade, Amelia began an internship with a corset maker, learning how to make them with the idea that this could be her career. Okay. That's kind of right. cool. She spent her teen years. We have her to thank. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Amelia. Um, so she spent her teen years with her aunt and life seemed to be well for her. In 1859, her dad died and her oldest brother took over the shirt shoemaking business. And uh, after the death of her father, she began to have disagreements with her brothers. Uh, though no source specifically states what it's about, it's believed that it was about the business because it was handed to the brothers and she was kind of just left in the dirt. So um, she like ended up being forever estranged from all three of them. At the age of 24, Amelia moved into a lodging house in Bristol. And while there, she met a man named George Thomas. He was 59 years old. All these first namers. I know, right? Um, he was 59 years old and uh, making him 35 years older than Amelia. Oh, my gosh. Their courtship was short, and they soon got married. George helped her get into nursing school, though. Okay. okay. Where she just obviously studied to become a nurse. And... Through being a nurse, Amelia met a woman who worked as a midwife by the name of Ellen Jane, another first name. <laughs> Ellen ter told her of a much easier way to earn a good wage. Oh, by the way, Brie, sorry, I meant to say this in the beginning. I got this story from my calendar, my daily oh, calendar. okay. Sick. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, back to the story. I'm so glad the calendar is so handy. I love it. Everyone loves it in my Yay. office. Ellen told her of a much easier way to earn a good wage. There was a lot of what they called illegit illegitimate birth back in that day. Oh, oh, so cheating. That and getting pregnant when you were, weren't married was a huge taboo. Oh, my gosh. I know. Of course. Yep. Um, especially in the Victorian era where it was like everyone is supposed to be well-mannered and good and listen to the rules and follow Jesus. And oh, yeah. I don't know about Jesus, but. Oh, yeah. That kind of like morality. Yeah. yeah. So um, the babies were generally not accepted by the families if the women seem to get pregnant by another man um so they were faced with being banished from her family if the father refused to marry her that's messed up i know that's not the bait and that's not the baby's what does a baby have to do anything to do with it i know so i actually went on a deep dive on this in that time if the father so if if she ended up keeping it he could actually if he wanted something to do with the baby he could actually take the baby from her and she would have no say in it that's messed up i know so unmarried mothers during the victorian Engl england struggled to make a livable wage because of the law that had removed any financial responsibilities the father had of their illegitimate children so if they didn't want anything to do with it they did not have to that's be told. so messed up <laughs> It was your juice. <laughs> Not to mention, being a single parent 
was looked down upon, obviously. Oh, my gosh. Not, uh, How terrible. So this led to a boom in what they called, quote, unquote, baby farms. So I'm going to say it's more of like, um, like. Uh, so this is not like Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to like this story, Amy. I'm, no, I'm thinking more <laughs> of like, uh, what is it called? Uh, orphanages okay but like i guess instead we we put them out in the pasture and said go graze on the grass babies (laughs) be fruit don't be fruitful but (laughs) also put that cap back on that pumpkin looked great on your head they like labored them no it was more like orphanages okay yeah (laughs) but they okay farms i don't know why they called them baby farms we're gonna send the dog to the farm (laughs) oh We'll send the baby to the farm. Bye, Cabbage Patch. So <laughs> Let's go to the Cabbage Patch. So with Amelia's background in nursing, she knew she'd be highly sought after. Also, around the time Amelia is now 32 years old and became pregnant with her first daughter. Uh, Ellen Thomas, who was born in 1869, her husband died. So the baby was born, husband died because he was like super old. <sighs> Um, Not long after he passed away, she had to quit nursing to completely throw herself into being a caregiver for these other people's unplanned babies. Right. Also, it's not mentioned in my story, but during my research, I found a source that said that she actually got rid of her first baby (gasps) so that she could care for other babies. Oh, my gosh. So... Like, got rid of it? I don't know. No, like, she adopted it out. Okay, okay. So she had more time first. So it's kind of like... Oh, that's sad. Really sad. Yeah. So, um... Amelia advertised her services and met potential clients and assured them that she would be highly skilled... She was a highly skilled nurse, a loving wife to a respectable husband... With a good home, except for her husband's dead, but maybe that didn't need to be mentioned. Right. She was a widow. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It was obvious that she was well-spoken and well-mannered and was educated, which led the parents to believe that she was an excellent person to leave the babies with. She immediately began taking in unwed pregnant mothers, as well as infants, for either a substantial one-time payment or small monthly payments, as well as extra clothes so the mother had to provide the clothes for the baby and so on so she would take in the babies if like as an orphanage type Mm -hmm. of thing and then she would foster them out or not foster but adopt them out or she would also take in the mothers so So, she was like a home for them okay that's what i was wondering like she was kind of like a mother like a woman's like a shelter woman's shelter yeah but also like slash orphanage yeah right adoption center okay that's cool. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So once the woman gave birth or she had a new baby brought to her, she either found families, like I said, to adopt them or she would let them slowly starve to death or overdose them with drugs. Uh, you remember like three seconds ago when I said that was awesome? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> 
Uh, the easiest way she found to do this was to administer administer either alcohol or, or opiates to the infants. No, I hate this story. I you told were you right. you weren't going to like it. You were right. Okay. So Continue. usually she gave them what they called in that day, quote unquote, mother, a mother's friend, uh, which was a syrup containing opium. But other substances were also used. The opium kept the babies quiet and they would often overdose or if it didn't kill them, it would curb their feelings for hunger because they're numb and then they would slowly just starve to death. So she's fun to be around at parties. Um, <laughs> this happened in the 1800s. Okay, it's, it's over and done with. I know. I told you you were going to hate it. All right. No, just continue going. So when she would give the babies this medicine, she would also see it as like a one for you, two for me. And so she was also drugging herself. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm a terrible person. Here you go. (laughs) Here you go. One for you. Down the hatch. (laughs) And I hate my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amelia did this to be able to pocket the money but eliminate the expenses and make more room for more babies. If she was even bothered to report the death, because most of the time she didn't, the coroner would usually always rule the death as a disability from birth or, quote, of lack of thriving. Right. So especially in that time, I'm sure that's super common. common, right. If a mother would happen to show up later and be like, hey, can I see that baby like that I gave you? I want to like just check in on it. She'd be like, oh, (laughs) I adopted it out. Can't tell you who. Or she would like find other another reason why they can't see the baby. Or sometimes she would even say, like, I regret to tell you that the baby like had failure, failure to thrive. Okay, the baby died. So. So did she adopt out any of them? I don't know. Oh. Oh, man. So she was just pocketing on these. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I couldn't ahead. find a... I couldn't find... I would... I, if it's if if it wasn't a sensitive um, topic, I would throw in a dead baby joke because those were a thing once, but I'm not going to. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> those are really messed up, by the way. Oh, they're really funny, though. They are. <laughs> Um, so the mothers would either be too scared or too ashamed to confront this situation with the police because it was so frowned upon, um, to have a baby out of wedlock. Oh, no. Um, in 1872, Amelia married her second husband, William Dyer. He was a laborer at a brewing company. She then went on to have two more children, Marianne. Um, sometimes people called her Polly and William Samuel. I love that name. Polly. Polly. It's yeah, so it's really cute. pretty. Um, oh, gosh. So she continued to take on responsibility of the... She did not kill those babies, by the way. Okay. She kept those say, kids. No, the boss. She killed them up, <laughs> Polly. <laughs> um, so she continued to take on responsibilities of these babies, taking the money happily and ensuring that the women's babies would be well taken care of. She would then quickly murder the babies. Ah. So it took 11. She did it quickly. Yeah. Slowly starving to death is right. Yeah. Right. 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 (laughs) So it took 11 years of this practice that she was running, running before the doctor who 
had been called multiple times over to her house to finally take become suspicious of the numbers number of babies he had to certify as deceased. He was like, "Wow, you're kind of like a freaking frequent flyer, aren't you?" Like, what what are you doing wrong? Yeah, like why are are there so many babies that are dying? Um, so he alerted the police, who investigated and arrested her. At her trial, she was only convicted of neglect and sentenced to six months of hard labor in a prison. While in prison, it was reported that she attempted suicide. But once she was released, she tried to go back to being a nurse, but she was like, like a legit nurse. Oh, gosh. Like she really tried. She really, really tried. Okay. To be legit. But she's like, nah, bro, that life ain't for me. That's not making the money. Yeah. So she moved back, moved to a new area and went right back to baby farming. She would assure the mother that the baby would be fine. Like I said, then not long after shutting the door, she she strangled the baby <gasps> with a rip. So she found a new way to do it. She strangled the baby with a ribbon or a strip of cloth or a dress tape instead of contacting the local doctor to verify the death because she learned that lesson, right? Uh, she would then just simply get rid of the body. Uh at this point, she was still taking the mother's friend's syrup along with excessively drinking. I think I would also, if I was killing babies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But also, I don't think I would kill a baby. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <laughs> let, me, let me assure you guys. <laughs> but, but if I did, <laughs> that's the only way I could get through it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so... Then, when suspicions arose, she would conveniently have a mental breakdown to get herself committed to an asylum. And being a former nurse, she fully understood that if she played the game right, she'd be left alone in this asylum and would have somewhat of a comfortable time there until she was released. Then she would, like, suddenly just, like, be better and, like, know that she's getting improvement and be released. And move to a new location and start completely over. So it's not, I couldn't find anything, but I'm going to assume that her husband and children are no longer involved. Right. Um, but this was Amelia's pattern. In 1890, Amelia was called on to take care of an illegitimate baby of a governess. Do you remember what a governess is? Because I forgot, so I had to Google it. A governess is a woman, because I talked about it before in a story, is a woman who's employed by a family with money to be both a nanny and a teacher for the children. Right. So this particular governess uh, desperately loved and wanted her baby and went back to visit her infant. Uh, Amelia let her in the home and brought her a baby. The lady was like, nah, bro, that ain't my baby. <laughs> She's like, where's my Are baby? Are you going to bring them a different baby? <laughs> It's like a different, like, like just keep different their skin baby. color. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is your baby. No, I'm pretty sure my baby was tan. Yeah. Uh, my, why? That, that I knew who my baby's daddy was. Yeah, right? <laughs> and the lady ended up, like, there was, like, she remembered when she had the baby that it had this very dis distinct uh, birthmark on its hip. So she checked, and there was no birthmark. And so she... Everything that I read said they notified the police. In the 1800s, were there telephones, like, common in everyone's home? And probably, uh, 
wealthier people's homes, I would think. I don't but rem- late 1800s, maybe. I don't remember. Be- and so I wrote, she snail mailed the police because, like, <laughs> do you, like, go down to yeah, the police station? I would do you think just, like, like, a telegram, maybe? Like, help, help. I would think a telegram. Probably a telegram. Yeah. Like, nine, but- like, uh, wait, how do you do a telegram? <laughs> I have no idea. That was way before our time. Like Morse code, like. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. I don't know, beep. and so <laughs> it takes like thirty minutes to decipher a five, like a five second sentence. <laughs> They're dead now. <laughs> oh, you're dead. There's a fire. <laughs> Down on 22nd Street. Damn it. I thought it said 23rd Street. Or you mess up. You say 22nd and it's 23rd. You have to like recheck it like three times. Oh, and the house is burnt. Uh, Okay. So she notified the police when they showed up. She had yet another breakdown and tried to commit suicide in front of the officers by drinking two bottles of Laudrium. Which I know you're going to ask what it is because I didn't know. And that was fun looking up on us, Peter, (laughs) (laughs) because I forgot I wanted to look it up today. Like I like didn't know what it was. And I was like, I forgot to look. And so I was like, I'll just look it up on my computer today. (laughs) So it's a medication that contains around 10% powdered opium. Oh, it actually has almost all the opium uh, alkaloids, which is a morphine and codeine. But you ride to sleep. Yeah, it was prescribed as a pain reliever, reliever, a cough suppressant. And the problem was that she had been abusing this drug for so yeah. long. So when she went to go take it, she just didn't take enough to kill herself. She's always so she's 50- so she was high as a kite, probably. Yeah, and got uh, put into an asylum. Yeah. asylum. Wow, that would be fun. So now she's 54 years old and she was admitted to another asylum. And when she, when she was eventually released, she was like, this was the last time I'm going there. Cause that was not fun. <laughs> Obviously probably because she was coming down from yeah. like a really bad high. <laughs> and she and was also addicted having, and having withdrawals. Yeah. Um, it's not the place, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, sweetie, it's your addiction. Yeah. So she packed up her life and moved to Caversham, Berkshire, which with a friend that she had actually recruited and helping her with this farming of these babies. And a year later, she moved to Red Reading. They were in on it? Yeah, she had a friend that was helping her. Ew. Yeah. So a year later, she, they moved to Reading, Berkshire. So her two kids were almost fully grown adults at this point. And um, the once- Quiet, pretty young Amelia was now a visible was visibly haggard. Uh, she had abused her body with drugs and alcohol for so many years. She wore a permanent scowl on her face. So if you look her up, she looks so mean. She looks uh like who's that lady in Matilda? Oh my gosh, Miss Crunchable. Yeah, what's her name? Amelia, Amelia Dyer, Dyer, D-Y-E-R. Ew, she like already popped up. Ew, oh my gosh. She's a scary lady. She looks like a scary lady, yeah. Oh man, okay. So, 
In January, I'm almost done, by the way. In January of 1896, she was 59 years old, and she received a reply to her advertisement in the Bristol, B- Bristol Times and Mere, Nace- Mere newspaper. But at this point, she was going by the name of Mrs. Harding. So Amelia replied, I should be glad to have a dear little baby girl, one I could bring up and call my own. We are planning a home in fairly good circumstances. I don't want a child for money's sake, but for the company and home to comfort myself and my husband. I am nearly fond of children. I have no children of my own. A child with me will have a good home and a mother's love. Ew. She's lying. That was a believer. Yeah. So the baby's mother, Evelina, agreed to pay the 10 pound sum, which I forgot to look that up, what it would be in today's money. Um, And a week later, Amelia showed up to her home. Evelina wanted her baby desperately. But she knew she couldn't take care of it because she had it out of wedlock. So that's like against the law, apparently. She had every intentions of getting her daughter back as soon as she was able to. So she reluctantly handed the infant over to Amelia along with her payment and some clothes. She actually went to Amelia. $12.57 in American money. In today's? No. Nah. Uh, do it from eight, eighteen ninety to today's money. $419.04. That is not a lot of money to kill a baby. Nope. So, that is not. Um, you should put yourselves to shame back then. Seriously. Uh, this Evelina actually walked with Amelia to the train station and then returned homely, home completely distraught. She was like so upset she had to give up her baby. After a few days, Evelina got a letter from Amelia stating that all went well with her daughter, to which um, Evelina replied with gratefulness and like, thank you so much for taking care of my baby. I can't wait to see her again, blah, blah, blah. But Amelia never wrote back. She had already killed the baby. Oh. She took some white edging tape that is used in a dressmaking, used in dressmaking. She wrapped it around the baby's neck and tied a knot. And it that didn't kill her very quickly. Oh. Amelia then wrapped the body in a small cloth. She took some of the clothes and pawned them off for some more money. Then after killing yet another baby who was one years old at the time, she took both bodies and put them in a carpet bag, which was basically just a bag made out of carpet Mm -hmm. and added some bricks to it and to make sure it was heavy enough. And she dropped the bag into the river. Amelia later stated in in an interview, I used to like to watch them with the tape around their neck, but it's soon all over for them. There is a warm, warm, warm place in hell for her. Warm? Hot. Cold. Hot. Yeah. She's burning. (laughs) So March 30th, 1896, a man working on a barge saw a strange package in the river. So he fished it out. He opened it and then quickly realized that it was the bodies of the baby and the boy. He frantically alerted the police, obviously by Morse code. Uh, smoke smoke signals yeah (laughs) so the detective began working or the detective started working on the case with what little bit of evidence that they had but they did get a breakthrough the packaging that had the packaging that she had put in the bag 
uh, had a label that was barely legible, but they can make it out of the name of Thomas and an address, which it was her new husband's last name, I believe. This ultimately led to Amelia, but they didn't have enough to arrest her right away. So they put her under surveillance and began interviewing potential witnesses. They also know that she would be a flight risk, so they didn't want to spook her. So by surveillance, do you mean like someone was drawing her every movement and then they were like telegramming it back? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, uh, telephones were were definitely around, but they I they were so new then. You're right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if like everybody would just have a telephone. Um. So the decision was made to send a woman to Amelia to meet with her regarding her taking another infant. This was a decoy. Oh my obviously. gosh. Another. OK, OK, yeah. OK. Amelia agreed to meet with the woman. Shut up. Amelia agreed to meet with a woman and invited her into the house. But when she answered, she found the detective standing right there. And she's like, don't, don't, don't. They raided her house and were immediately met with this overwhelming smell of oh, human no. decomposition. Oh no. oh, no. But after a pretty detailed search, they actually never found any remains, which is really weird. That's really weird. But what they did find was a white edging tape that matched the tape around the infant that was found. They also found correspondence about adoptions, um, a lot of pawn tickets for baby clothes, and as well as several letters from mothers asking about their children. That is so depressing. That is so sad. The investigators determined that at least 20 children had been given to Amelia to care for in just the past few months alone. Yeah, I was about to say, there's got to be at least like hundreds. Yes. They also saw that uh, she was about to move to Somerset. So if she had kept this pace of murder throughout the years that she was that she was doing and, and the pace that she was doing, they the experts estimated that she would have killed over 400 babies Gosh. over just a few years of being a baby farmer. Ew, you suck. So obviously she was arrested. Evelina, the mother who had just recently given Amelia her baby, was forced to identify her daughter's remains. Aww. That's so sad. So here's a statement from Amelia Dyer on April 16th, 1896. Sir, will you kindly grant me the favor of presenting this to the magistra magistrates of s on Saturday the 18th, the instant I have made this statement out? For I may not have the opportunity. Then I must relive my relieve my mind. I do know and I feel my days are numbered on this earth, but I do feel it is an awful thing drawing innocent people into trouble. I do know I shall have to answer before my maker in heaven for the awful crimes I have committed. But God Almighty is my judge in heaven and on earth. Neither my daughter Mary Ann Palmer nor my husband Alfred Ernest Palmer. I do most solemnly declare neither of them had anything to do with it. They never knew I contemplated doing such a wicked thing until it was too late. I am speaking the truth and nothing but the truth as I hope to be forgiven. I myself and I alone must stand before my maker in heaven to give my answer for it all my witness by hand. Amelia Dyer, which I don't I don't have any feelings about that. I I still think you're a terrible person I, I you feel deserve like, to i feel like she was just saying that to give her like she was forgiving herself and yeah. it's like no you don't get to do that to, to make herself feel better about dying yeah exactly yeah, yeah. give herself some ease like i don't want to go to hell so i'm trying to like yeah here's it, my my hail mary yeah exactly so the next month during her trial amelia pled guilty but her lawyer wanted her wanted her defense to be insanity considering she had been committed to mental asylums in the past. 
But the prosecution argued that she used the asylums to avoid suspicion, considering she was always admitted into them right before she was about to be detected. And also she showed signs of knowing what she did was wrong because she moved so many times. So the jury only took a few minutes to find her guilty and she was executed by hanging. Get this on June 10th. That's tomorrow. Oh, 1896 at the age of 59 years old. Ha. Ah. And it's hanging too. It's what you get for strangling babies. That's what piece you of get. Garbage, garbage piece of person. So that's the story of Amelia Dyer. Amelia Dyer, you deserve to die. But that was messed up. Yeah, dude. She sucks. Yeah, she does. I wanted to do an old one for so long. Like an old, yeah, old one. That was good. That was uh interesting. Crazy that that happened. Like, and I'm sure I'm sure she's not the only person to ever do that. Oh, well, no, it was a thing. Yeah. Like, that's wild that that was a thing. Yeah, someone that's taught her up that, that the, was a thing. The midwife taught her how to do it. That's messed up. That's so messed up. Those poor babies. Those poor babies. Those poor mamas. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by all the dads. Happy Father's Day out there, guys. Every one of you are amazing, especially our dads, and our husbands, who we appreciate very much every single day. So, happy Father's Day, and don't forget to crack open a cold one on us. Are you excited? I am stoked beyond belief. I'm freaking stoked to tell you this If it's a doll, I'm going to throw this nail at you. Okay, I won't. It's not a doll. I'll throw it on the ground. Not a doll. I'm going to tell you the story about Skinwalker Ranch. (gasps) So, I'm so excited. So this is such a big story. Brie you wanted to do this for so long. I, I have, I have, and I, I don't, I don't. I've been remember. wanting you to do this story for so long. I, 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 I don't know why this one jumped out at me this in this particular time. I've always been fascinated with this story because I've watched like the whole series and everything. Um, but it's such an in-depth story that I've like been hesitant to do it because it's like so much. So yeah. it's actually going to be two parts. So yeah. I'm going to tell you the first part today. I'm obviously. so excited. So for those of you that don't know, Skinwalker Ranch or Sherman Ranch, as it was originally at the time that I'd be talking Real to you quick. about it. Yeah. Isn't it privately owned? Yes, it is. Now. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it is a 500 acre ranch located near Ballard, Utah in Utah. Utenin County, I believe is, I, yep. believe, I think that's how you say it. Anyway, uh, so the name Skinwalker originates from the Navajo, Navajo tribes that originally inhabited Navajo. the area. Navajo. That's, Navajo. That, is that how I said it? Navajo? Navajo. 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 Sorry, I'm country. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it, it originates from Navajo tribes that originally inhabited the area. Uh, a skinwalker is defined as a type of witch or dark entity who has the ability to turn into or possess or disguise themselves as an animal animal and um they can like mimic noises of like things that would attract people like right. like they can mimic your own voice they can like if you if they you have a child they can mimic their noise baby crying yeah baby crying just different things they usually i've I, from what i've been researching uh they're commonly caught in like a coyote form and also what was the other one it'll come up 
Okay. Okay. So during the Civil War, the Ute tribe joined in a military campaign campaign against the Navajo and expelled them from their lands, forcing them to refuge into New Mexico. Oh my gosh! It is believed that the Navajo cursed the land because the Skinwalkers began to terrorize the Ute afterwards. So they think that, like you know, they cursed the land, and then from that curse, Skinwalkers came about. Okay. Specifically, the north side of the ranch, Skinwalker Ridge, as they call it now, is the place that's like the most dangerous. Okay. Um. So Skinwalker Ranch is one of the largest, is like the largest paranormal hotspot in like the world. No. So it's like I said, it's got lots of juicy stuff Ooh. in it. Um, and I probably won't even, I definitely won't even tell you all the stuff that I find because there's okay. just so much. Thank so, you for the warning. You're welcome. So in the 1900s to like 1987, uh-huh. the Myers family occupied the land. All the numbers were like a little off. And then I think there may have been more than one family with the Myers. I don't know. Okay. But they occupied the land from the early 1900s to 1987. They did not report any strange occurrences. However, people surrounding them reported thousands of UFO sightings what? throughout the years, especially in like the 70s. Um, this included strange fireballs. Why do you think it's always. Why do you think the seventies? Do you think that they're oh, more, people more like, are super high yeah. and they're like tripped out? Like, oh man, do you see that? Also, like maybe because people were like big into going outside, maybe like then and like looking at the stars Possibly. and more in astronomy. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, or maybe just because. Oh, you know why? Because the 1969, we went to the moon, and then everybody's into space and shit. Probably. Oh, obviously. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Did we go to the moon, though? I believe in 1969. Did we actually go to the moon? Yes, we went to the moon. I think, you know, it's fine. You can believe whatever you want, but I am a firm believer that we went to the moon. I don't believe that conspiracy theory, because there's so many things against it. Anyway. There's so many things about the moon. There are. So um, this included, uh, the sightings included strange fireballs and aircrafts um, ranging in size from 20 to 30 feet. Oh, my gosh. To as large as a football field. Um, a lot of the aircrafts were described as round, oval, cigar-shaped, and triangular. Cigar-shaped? They're just, like, smoking their whatever. <laughs> and they're just like, hmm, that's weird. It looks, looks like this. <laughs> kind of cigar-like. They're like, cigarular. <laughs> what the shit what is in this but also do you think that was like um i'm sorry do you think that it was like the bus like version of spaceships (laughs) yeah well some of them are kind of compared to like an rv so yeah essentially um i would have thought yeah i know again that's so weird just wait okay it's gonna get it's your mind's gonna be blown it already is. <laughs> so uh, a glowing green light surrounded some and uh, or uh, some of these and some of these crafts, a glowing green light has surrounded some of them. Others have emitted wavy red beams and others have appeared to shoot colored lights from their underbellies. Um, so by like the 70s, uh, Utah Highway Patrol got so many UFO calls that the troopers just stopped filing reports. Wow. It's like. What else? Like, we have enough, you guys. Like, Thanks. We already know. No one's hurt. So, um, during this time, local ranchers also saw bizarre, like cattle mutilations and living beings in the windows of 
portholes of the UFOs. Um, so like everybody saw shit. Okay. Wasn't just the people on uh Skinwalker Ranch or okay. the Sherman Ranch. In 1987, the Myers suddenly vacated and the ranch the ranch leaving it empty for seven years. Wow. So in 1994, the Sherman family, Terry and Gwen Sherman and their two kids purchased the ranch mm-hmm. with the intent of raising their family in a peaceful country life setting. And of Did course, they, know? they must not have, but there was, there's no way they couldn't have known because of like the town was so like everybody knew about like UFO sightings. So like they had to have known like there's in the area was popular in the area, but, but not but clearly the last people didn't really have much of a problem on the ranch. In That's true. That's so. true. Or so they say, I mean, also like if I was about to sell some, you're not going to tell about all the nitty gritties about yeah. your house that huh. are bad. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no hauntings here. No, it's fine. No one died here. Oh, that? Don't mind <laughs> Just that. Just ignore That's... the smell out there. <laughs> Don't mind that person that... That's an animal him. skull. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they were intending on living this nice country life. And yeah. also they wanted to raise cattle. So make a lot of money for them. Yeah. Things started out odd. First off, when they when they signed the contract for the house... There was a clause in it that said they had to contact the Myers family prior to any digging digging on the property. No, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, so which tells me that, like, I feel like something did happen to them. They just didn't say anything. Yeah. Then when they actually arrived on the property, they found that everything had been bolted down, like shut. Metal bars were on the windows and like loose chains around the buildings. Like everything was just locked up. I um, want to like. Like you can't get into a room or like you mean like locked down, like you cannot like locks on everything and then like like bars on the windows. And then they clearly had some guard dogs outside or something because there was like loose chains out there that looked like they were attached to dogs. Okay, I see what you're saying. But they weren't like locking it from the new owners. They were just no, no, but they were locking it from something. Um, not okay. long into living there, the family noticed a large wolf uh, slowly approaching them. In Utah? Yep. Yeah, wolves are there. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. You don't think so? No. In the canyon? Coyotes, though. Coyotes. Okay. Okay, so some sources described it as walking on its back legs like a human. Like um, a werewolf? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> yeah. But, um... In the source that I read, it said that it was so large that it came up to the chest of grown men and whenever it was on all fours as it approached. However, it did seem tame and they even like managed to pet it. Are like, we sure it's not Jacob? Yeah, I know. That's all <laughs> I could think of was like Twilight. I'm like, oh, shit, Jacob. <laughs> um, well, it was nice until like right in front of him, it started attacking one of their calves. No, not like their legs, like their calf calves. And um, they tried to get get it off of the calf and they couldn't. So obviously they went and grabbed their gun. And as you do. Yeah, of course. Farmer, farm life. Sure, sure, sure. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, they shot it not once, but three times. <gasps> it did not do anything. It oh, my still gosh. stayed on it. And the, after the third time of shooting it, it did 
sorry, not once, not twice, but the third time it finally stopped, but it didn't seem like it was hurt at all. It just kind of stopped and like looked at them and was like, can shoot in me. And you then shoot they, me? they attempted you shooting me. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Do you see that I am t- from Twilight? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Do you know who I, I am? I am Taylor Lautner. I come from 12 gangs. 12 gangs. Yeah. Crips. I do what I want. Crips and Bloods and all the rest. Anyway. It's, that's from a... Um, I have no idea what that's from. Uh, it's from Saturday, a Saturday Night Live skit. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Okay, so after it had obviously not been affected, Terry sure. attempted to shoot it again. And it seemed like it wasn't weakened again. Uh, but he had clearly taken off some flesh and some hair. So like he knew he shot it. And so it decided like, all right, I got the message. I'm going to walk away. So it walked away and he didn't want it to hurt his family or his cattle. So him and his son got the, got the guns and they followed its tracks until like they just disappeared out in the middle of nowhere. Like they're walking out into an open field and then like the tracks just stopped just stopped, and there's okay. no more tracks anywhere else. Cause it was going faster than them. Yeah. Okay. Well, they had to go, I'm sure they had to go back inside and go get another gun or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. I don't know. More ammunition. Who knows? Yeah. You know, bear, who knows? Probably the bear. <laughs> so the I can, I can understand why the they just suddenly stopped. Then they're like, "Well, we're out of beer." Yep. We're yeah, done. the trucks just stopped. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> we're also out. <laughs> so the neighbors and people around them had claimed that they had seen also seen something similar. Uh, one account described something on the property as looking like humans with dog heads smoking cigarettes. Another what? described them as large, black, hairy humanoid figures that were very fast with large, coal red eyes. I don't like it. And others have seen and taken pictures of large tracks. Tracks. Yes. Okay. So over the years of living there, they also saw what looked like an exotic multicolored bird that was not native to the area. And... Tall, dark beast resembling sassy squash. Aww. Thought that was a little fun. Fun little tidbit in there. AKA Bigfoot. Our little sassy squash. Sassy squash. Mrs. Sherman even saw a strange muscular hyena-like creature with curly red hair attack one of their horses. And when she approached (gasps) it, it disappeared before her eyes. Free. I know. So it gets worse. It gets better. So Just wait. It gets worse. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) Throughout the years, the family experienced many odd happenings, including continuing to see this wolf-like creature, but also seeing orbs of light, like UFOs, hearing strange noises, and so much more. I hate that. Uh, on occasions, the family noticed things going missing on the property. Terry would leave to take a break from a job job on the property, and like for example, at one point, he left behind a uh, a seventy pound post hole digger, uh-huh. and he came back and it was gone. And like later on, he had found it like twenty feet up in a tree. Tree. What? Yeah, clearly he didn't put that up there. I mean, <laughs> seventy pounds. Maybe no. he's just he maybe he's it. like really trying to dig that tree up <laughs> from the top. You're doing it wrong, man. <laughs> you just start from the top and work your way down. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. The Shermans began noticing glowing orange lights dozens of times in the sky that would just hover sometimes round and sometimes in other shapes and always seem to disappear in the same place. Um, uh, they would even watch them on, on a telescope. Like They were just like so numb to this that they were just like, oh, let's look at this one tonight. Like, check out this one. Like, but, sure. I mean, like what else you, do you what, do? What do you do? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can understand like the first like, like, 
all Dozens freaked out by times. it. Yeah. You're and then scared. it's like, oh, man, there's one really cool one out tonight. Come check this one out. Like, especially if it's not doing anything yeah. to you. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. So one time while Terry was watching one, he had noticed one of the orange orbs had had a blue spot in the middle of it that looked Whoa. like the blue sky. Or Wait it looked a like the sky in it. And then he had seen a bunch of several triangular shaped objects coming out of it. That's Sounds a, like a portal. Yeah, but that's just, I, I was thinking about the, like how they became like immune to it. That's just the aliens training them. To get used to it? Adapting? Like making us. us adapt? Yeah, like to them. And Maybe. then they're going to, okay, go Befriend ahead. I have us, my own, yeah. Like making us like comfortable with it? Yeah, I have. Like a, I have, like a, what is it called? A locked in syndrome? Or no, what uh, is it? With Stockholm the, syndrome? Yeah, it's like Stockholm syndrome with aliens. Alien Stockholm syndrome. Don't Wait. we already have a shirt that says Stockholm syndrome? No. We have ghost Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our first episodes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You're good. Um, So we believed that it was maybe some kind of gateway or something just because you see all these objects like randomly right. come out of it and like you could see the sky. It's like a portal. I don't like that. So one night the family noticed a white and red light settled on the property thinking they were thinking it was some like RV trespassing so they went, like, to go confront them, be like, hey, right. get off our property. As they ventured to the lights, they silently, like, got further away. And eventually, yeah, and eventually, like, the closer they got, the further they would get. And eventually, like, it rose up into the sky. <gasps> and it was revealed that it was, like, a rectangular-shaped vehicle, kind of like an RV. And it flew away and disappeared into the sky. These occurrences continued to see strange or they continue to see strange lights on the property. Probably too many to report. Sure. Definitely too many to report. But there was another incident where Terry was out patrolling one night and had seen a silent black craft that was hovering above the ground about 30 feet up that began flashing multicolored lights on the ground. He moved make, and made like he was out there like hiding and watching it. And then he like, I guess he like stretched or moved and he like cracked or made a noise and like a the, stick broke or something yeah and then the craft turned towards him <gasps> and the lights all turned off on it like it had hurt him and it flew off in the opposite direction like dude you are so lucky but like how <laughs> did it turn like that's I, what i was wondering when i was reading it it's like is it does that like have, how do you know if it like turned towards you like if it's like are you looking at me does it yeah, like almost like it was, it was like white <laughs> <laughs> Like, it makes me think of, like, if it was just one, instead of it, like, being an aircraft, it's, like, an like an entire, like, being. Well, I wonder if, like, they could see the figure in the window, too, though. If they saw a figure in the window oh, at one point, sense. they automatically like, knew it was Like, the obviously, of it. aliens have to have windows in their yeah, aircraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gotta they see. To see. I mean, I think they could just navigate through radar. You think they're navigating through radar? Can we submarines? Through... No, I'm talking about aliens. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're not smart. Whoa. <laughs> what? What is that out of my way? Help us. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, not long after this incident, uh, Miss Sherman actually saw the same thing following her car one evening on her drive home. When she arrived home, the craft flew off into the distance like with him. But a little while later that evening, she had seen this craft sitting on her property and inside she could see a seven foot tall figure in black clothing and headgear standing in a light filled doorway. I don't like it. 
The next morning, upon an investigation, all they found were large footprints. All right. It gets worse. Oh, great. So the family raised cattle, right? Yeah. Well, we know we all know what's going to happen. No. UFOs, cattle. Anyway. So the cattle began. Sure it is. They had to get it from somewhere. So the cattle began going missing with no evidence of where it had gone or no foul play. They didn't see any kind of like vehicle tracks on the property. No, they didn't find any bodies, anything, nothing. And at one point, like they would just see like the, the tracks to one of the cattle go out into the middle of a field and then just disappear. And there was another incident, which I didn't write it down, but I remember it said that the, they had found tracks to another one and then they disappeared. But also there was a whole bunch of branches on the ground and all the top halves of the trees were just like cut off. Oh, yeah. Weird. They, one site said they lost five. Another site said they lost seven. And that was just ones that they like, like actually lost. Like they misplaced them. So, okay. um, weird. Then to amplify the creepiness, the family started finding their cattle completely, completely mutilated. One of the dead cows found had a hole in the center of its left eye, but otherwise appeared untouched, but it was dead. Um, And there was like no signs of like how this cattle died. Another was found with a similar hole in the same eye, but also a six inch hole about an inch deep carved out of its rectum. And the final cow, sorry, I just skimmed right over that, that was killed had just been seen five minutes prior by the Sherman's son had an 18 inch deep hole carved into its rectum. So they were going in the booty holes and the eyeballs and they were taking the organs. And um, in all of these cases, there were also no signs of foul play, no tracks, no, not even traces of blood. I don't know. But like the blood was all gone. Like they weren't like bloody. They were, there was no blood on the ground and then there was no blood in like the cow. So like what, what happened? So the only kind of evidence was when Terry had found one of the mutilated cows and discovered some like chemical smelling brown gel like liquid next to one of the mutilated cows. But before he could get some up, it had evaporated. So he was like, I I assume he probably like had to go back to the house and go get a bag or something for like to send it off to somewhere. And like by the time he got back, it probably just evaporated. You think that they're like, oh, shoot. Carrie, you forgot Evidence. the blood. <laughs> fingerprints. <gonna>, fingerprints. <laughs> Carrie, damn it. Larry. Larry. <laughs> Terry. Terry. <laughs> uh, the family also started hearing strange noises around the property that came from underground, as well as random holes that were dug, like 100 pounds worth of dirt of a hole. And the dirt wasn't like around it. The dirt was just missing. So, like, there's just holes, and then there was, like, no piles of dirt next I to mean, it. I mean, it was nice of them to take the, uh, yeah, all the dirt it's, away. It's, it's like they came in with, like, a excavator, and it's like, and then, like, carry away with yeah. it, and then swiped all their prints away Yeah, as they did it. It was a lot of effort. You know what? But, man, there's... you pay for what you get, man. Yeah, exactly. So, these holes seemed to correlate with when they would also see flying lights the night before. Other strange occurrences included the pastures lighting up at night, this uh, sounds of heavy machinery coming from underneath them, disembodied, like disembodied voices speaking to Terry in an unfamiliar language coming from above. Terry, the the Mr. Sherman. Oh, t- t- oh yeah, there was a Terry. <laughs> <laughs> you said Gary. <laughs> That's right, Terry. And uh, finally, your typical like crop circles were found in the grass. Real okay. 
So one evening in May of 1996, just two years in, Terry was outside with his three dogs and he noticed a blue orb darting around in the field uh, near the ranch house and like told his dogs, get it, go get it. No, why did he? No, why did he do that? <laughs> yeah, and the dogs obeyed him and they went it? and chased after it. No. And they disappeared into some thick brush and then all Terry could hear was a bunch of yelping. <laughs> and they didn't respond when he called them. So I guess he just like went inside for the night. Because it was nighttime and like... We just leave our dogs out? I mean, like, what do you do? Are you going to die? Or are you going to just like go back out in the morning? I'm so <laughs> mad at him right now. <laughs> I know. So the next morning, he went to go looking for the dogs, and all he found was... Yeah, obviously, they're all dead. I mean, he, all he found was three greasy lumps with what appeared to be scorched, scorched spots on the ground, and the dogs were never found. And that is where I'm going to leave it. He and uh, for leaving his babies out there. That is the first part to Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, because, like, so far we've mostly just talked about aliens, and, like... Uh, well, you touched a little bit on. Like, I mean, that's what Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, we've also talked about the wolves and the, yeah, those creatures. On, that's true. Like you touched on that, but we've touched on aliens. We've touched on poltergeist activity already. We've touched on UFOs. We've touched on portals. So this this is what I'm getting at. Is like I didn't know that it was more than just Skinwalkers. Oh, yeah, but, like, I mean, is it, but is it just, is it skinwalkers, or is it aliens, or is it both, or, like, the, the same thing? And why just the ranch? I'm gonna get into that on part two. Oh, my gosh, I, I'm not, a, I'm, or I've started already, like, because I really know, like, because I've watched a lot of it, I've watched a lot of the secret to Skinwalker Ranch, so if you've already seen that, guys, you know, go don't watch spoil it. it. Yeah, I mean. don't spoil it. Um, go watch it, go do your little studying up and we'll just like recap it and go over all like the cliff notes sure. next week. But yeah, that's, I'm basically going to go over that. And then, um, some other things that have been going on there recently. Uh, no. Yes. Yes. You should go down that. Uh, I've gone down the t TikTok hole of Skinwalker Ranch. I want to say more, but I'm not going to cause okay. it'll spoil okay, my okay. second part. So I just need to just go continue so that I can stop really talking. Good. Thanks. I just really I had so much it. fun doing it. So. I'm so excited you're doing this one. All right. So I'm going to uh, tell you. Thank you, Bree. That was I'm so excited to hear next week. You're welcome. I'm going to tell you a neighborhood story real quick. If I can find here it is. I found it. Um, so this is from uh, Reddit. I asked my neighbor to try and keep her dogs from barking at night while we're sleeping. A few nights later, she was out there barking herself. To encourage the dogs to make noise. And that's. <laughs> that's an, a jerk of a neighbor. But also if you hate your neighbors. Yeah. I also would probably do that. <laughs> what would make my dogs bark? Knocking on the door. Knocking on the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. You guys yeah, follow us long on episode, all of our socials. But also you're welcome. Yeah. Freaking hilarious. You know, it was a good one. You do. This was a good episode. Yeah. Um, follow us on all of our socials. Um, shout out WWT and podcast. This is really important. Um, check in on your brain. Mental health is super important. That's why we are sponsored by mental health. By mental health. By better <laughs> help. Yes, we are. It is very important. Yeah. So get in on that. Um, have you checked in on your neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bring Amy, Amy out. out. Psh.
Hey, say hi to your cats for us. Meow. <laughs>